Welcome to the Stetzer Church Leaders Podcast, conversations with today's top ministry leaders to help you lead better every day. And now, podcasting from the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center in Chicagoland, here are your hosts, Ed Stetzer and Daniel Yang. Welcome to the Stetzer Church Leaders Podcast, where we're helping Christian leaders navigate and lead through the cultural issues of our day. My name's Daniel Yang, the director of the Sentence Institute, and we're excited to have with us today Mark Middleberg. Mark is a best-selling author best-selling. and an international speaker. Yes. International. His books include The Unexpected Adventure with Lee Strobel, The Questions Christians Hope No One Will Ask with Answers, and Confident Faith. Did you know I had him on a radio talking about that one? Did you? I did. I'm sorry. Keep going. No, that's, yeah, that's awesome. I'm a big Middleburg fan. <laughs> He's the primary author of the award-winning Becoming a Contagious Christian training course, which has been translated into more than 20 languages used by more than 1. 1. 1.5 million people million. around the you know, world. 1.5 million people have never even gotten close to anything that I've done. Well, so, God. Keep because going. he's writing books like his newest one, Contagious Faith, yes. Discover Your Natural Style for Sharing Jesus with Others. And we're also really glad to have Mark as one of our featured guest speakers at Amplify Outreach coming October 19th and 20th. Amplify Outreach is designed for pastors and Christians passionate about entering the real issues of our day in order to help people discover authentic faith in Christ. So be sure to learn more about the conference at AmplifyOutreach.com. But before we talk with Mark, let's go to our host, editor-in-chief of Outreach Magazine and executive director of Wheaton College Billy Graham Center, Ed Stetzer. Well, you know, we've had Mark in the magazine lots as well. We're excited to have Mark here on the podcast. Uh, one of the things that um, that I love about, there's many things I love about Mark Middleberg. In fact, one of the things is during the height of the pandemic, he would sit outside in like 25 degree weather because my wife didn't want me to go inside restaurants at a certain point. So we went to this restaurant and sat out. We were like the, when we walked in, the server was like, you want to sit outside? <laughs> it was a little awkward moment. Um, so there's that. But also too, that Mark Middleberg has been talking about evangelism for decades. Mm. And and I would say I'm, I'm a little frustrated when he was talking about it. It was more popular than when he's talking about now. But Mark's not done. And we are a part of a tribe together that are really seeking to make an evangelism focus important again. And so, um, so, and again, we're very excited. Uh, his, his new book is out, and we're going to talk some about that. He's also got a video training course that accompanies that. Uh, you can find all that in the show notes. Um, so, Mark... You got the book. It's called Contagious Faith. Why did you write it? Um, what needs is it meeting? Tell us about your passion here for evangelism. Well, first, thanks so much, Ed and Daniel. It's great to be with you guys and just love what you guys do and love partnering with you for the cause of the gospel and evangelism. And uh, that, as you said, Ed, that's what I'm about. Uh, by God's grace, I was reached when I was 19 and God just kind of infused a passion in me to share that with as many people as possible. And I've been, you know, trying to innovate and practice that and and do whatever I can to not only reach people, but to equip others. And I think that's my main calling is to equip other believers who, like me, are afraid of evangelism. Um, I'm, you know, I, I talk about this in the new book, but Uh, I was someone who avoided evangelism. I did kind of unwittingly sign up for a summer of serving a church over in England, in London, South London, and uh, spent the whole summer. uh, What I discovered when I got there is we're knocking on doors, you know, and I I said to the team captain, I said, all day, he goes, all summer. And he was all excited, like, this is going to be great. You know, I'm thinking, that doesn't sound great to me, but I, but I do love Jesus. And, and so I, I love this. 
and I got through it, but it, it was not my approach. It was not my style when I was done. Like, you know, you, you can tell me the percentage, Ed, but like so many Christians, I just said evangelism's not my deal. And I essentially right. wrote it off. And then I came back and I discovered evangelism doesn't have to necessarily look like that. And by the way, I'm all for some people doing that, just not me. <laughs> um, uh, but I discovered my own style of evangelism. And that unlocked for me a vision to help millions of other Christians learn how to unlock their style and to get involved to infectiously or contagiously share their faith with the people around them. Yeah. So, so, you know, we, you know, when we were out in Denver, I had the freezing cold breakfast, but we, we, we did the radio show, uh, Ed Stetzer live there and talked a little bit about this. And, um, it does seem that in the church, it goes, a passion for reaching people goes in ways. Matter of fact, there are people right now who are like five minutes into the podcast, like, I'm not sure I want to listen to this episode because it's, I'm, I don't have the gift of evangelism, which again, we can talk about that since I don't think there is a gift of evangelism. But, um, but I, I talked to Tim Keller about this a couple of years ago and he, and he talked, had the same idea of a cycle. He said, I think we're at a low point, he said a few years ago of evangelism, but I'm a little bit encouraged because I mean, you've got a new book coming out and there's four or five others. Cause five years ago, uh, my, my, my agent told me that uh, an editor wouldn't publish a book with the word evangelism in the title. And now, and, and again, yours doesn't have the word evangelism in the title, which is fine, but you're, it's, in, it's part of the sub, yeah, the focus. Thinly but, I, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But, but the point is, is are we turning a corner that people are going to care about sharing the gospel again? I mean, I know you want that, but do you see that yet? Or are we still pushing this rock uphill and we got a lot of work to do? Or maybe it's both. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's both. I, I think, yes, I think we're starting to turn a corner again. Um, but I think we got a long way to go. Uh, part of what I think has helped, uh, it's one of those Romans 8, 28 things. God uses bad things for good. I think the pandemic has helped wake up the church some to the fact that, you know, number one, uh, we have become way too program-centered, too reliant on the weekly event at the church or, or large events or, and so forth when really the backbone of all evangelism is always people talking to friends, people talking to other people around them. Um, and I, I love a synergy between personal evangelism and you know, larger corporate events. And I think that's biblical. But I think the, the lockdowns showed us that our approach to evangelism that had developed in the evangelical church was very vulnerable to things like pandemics and very locked down. And I, I think we need to unleash the ordinary Christians like us to share their faith. And I, I think a lot of church leaders are seeing and are ready for that. And I think the culture is more ready because so many people have died and gotten sick and they're still getting sick around them. A lot, Almost everyone's lost someone. And I think that wakes us up to the reality of heaven, uh, the reality of you know eternity, the reality of God's judgment. Um, and I think it's a moment in the culture that we can seize as believers and especially as uh, church leaders and ministry leaders to train our people and unleash them to share the good news. 
Yeah, Mark, earlier when you shared a story about, you know, just kind of your entry into becoming more um, uh, effective and active as an evangelist, I really related to that because uh, when I was uh, a university student at the University of Michigan, um, I was a part of campus ministry, and they we would go door-to-door on dormitories, and that's how we would share Jesus with people. And I was just deathly afraid. Really? Yeah. Because <laughs> these we days, all? sometimes they'd be... They would be drunk frat guys, and we'd get yelled at and all, you know, and all that. Um, but I was very passionate about, like, wanting to learn. Um, and then I saw the guys that were in the square, student square, and they were preaching hellfire and brimstone. And you just realized that there's no one way to do it. Um, and your, your book talks about, about that. You, you describe five styles that people can adopt when sharing their, their faith with others. Right. Can you talk about those five styles briefly? Yeah, and let me just say broadly first, this is what gives me such confidence to talk to uh, Christians and especially pastors and church leaders to say, this can unlock your congregation because we're not going to try to get them all to do the same thing. In fact, we're going to try to get them to innovate and uh, do things that are congruent with who God made them to be. And again, that... Can I just interrupt for a second? Congruent with who God made them to be. This is why it's Mark Middleburg. Yeah. There are phrases like that. Yeah. I'm just saying. Really I'm just saying. <laughs> I love that. By the way, just for the record, I like knocking on doors. Isn't that crazy? That's how I planted my church in Toronto. Yeah, you did do that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there is a place where we have to do that. Okay, so... And I'm for glad you said that, Ed, because we're, we're not trying to beat up on direct forms. Oh, right, no, no, I don't. I didn't hear that. No, yeah, no, I, know. I don't think some, we were. Some people do hear that when I talk about my story, and I just want to let them know I'm in, re- I, I am in awe of people who have the courage. My friend Cliff Connectly, who stands up in the middle of university campuses and preaches the gospel. Oh, I love that. Uh, yeah. Greg yeah. Steer. I would say how you do it matters. You know, how you do it matters. Absolutely. We, we, we want to be in a way that can engage people. So we're for street preaching. So all that said, everyone's listening. We're for all those things. But here's the thing that I think is key that you're going to hear from Mark, because you're a pastor and church leader, is this is not just, okay, I'm going to have one of these styles, but I'm going to lead a people mm-hmm. who need to embrace some of these approaches. So walk us through those styles real quick. Yeah. All right. So the first one, I think, is the one that's probably the broadest and, and most of us can do. And by the, I should also put one more caveat in. We're not trying to limit you to like one of these. Um, I think we can all do at least one of these, but we're not saying, you know, no, 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 stay in your lane. We're saying as many of these lanes as you can run in, run, but I bet you can do at least one. We want to get everyone's feet in the water. And uh, the first one I think is probably the easiest for most people, and that's the friendship building style. Uh, Highly relational. It's about people. It's about hospitality, hanging out in coffee shops or pizza places or having people into your home, building a friendship, but not just hanging out, hanging out, building trust, building rapport, and then gently leading into spiritual matters so that you can talk about your faith. And most people are open to a friendship and friends listen to friends. Jesus was a friend of sinners. So uh, that that's the first one. And I should add, we have a bunch of practical tips of how to build those relationships, how to start the spiritual conversations and so on. And we do that on all of these uh, in the book, Contagious Faith. The second one is the selfless serving. And this is the one that uh, we see an example in scripture, the woman named Tabitha in Acts chapter nine, who made clothing for people in need. And she was kind of a first century Mother Teresa. And God used her service to open up their hearts. And I think people said, anyone who loves me like this, you know, is a good example. There must be a loving God. And it caused their heads to turn heavenward. And God used her service in a powerful way. And some of our listeners right now are going, 
okay, this is me. I, I don't want a stage. I don't want a spotlight, uh, but I'll, I'll stitch some clothing or I'll, you know, feed some people or I'll help build some homes or, uh, or just help take care of my neighbor's kids or whatever it is. Selfless serving reach. And here's what I love about this one. It reaches the hardest to reach people. Uh, because lovingly serving someone in a way that is selfless helps bring down the wall between them and God, them and the church, them and you. So that's the second one. Should I keep going? Yeah, please. All right. Third one is the story sharing. Uh, and this is the one that speaks out of our experience, out of our story, our testimony. And, uh, you know, this, the person who has this one uh, tends to just talk about what God did in their life and what he could do for their friend uh, in their life. Uh, our example in the Bible is the blind man in John uh, chapter 9. Jesus healed this guy. He you know, barely had a chance to blink. He just got his sight, and he finds himself on trial for his faith. And these religious leaders are pressing him for you know, who did this and by what authority and all this. And he gets kind of fed up. I love it. He just kind of goes, look, I don't know. Here's what I know. I used to be blind. Now I can see. Deal with it. You know, well, this is my experience. And uh, those of you with this style, you, people are interested in your life. When you tell stories about the weekend or what you did last summer, people want to know. Well, now we're encouraging you to learn how to talk not just about those things, but about the spiritual side of your life, what you're learning, how you're growing. And exhibit A on that one is my buddy Lee Strobel, who, you know, anytime he speaks or you read his books, he, it flows out of his experience. I was a skeptic. I was an atheist and so on. And God uses that story in a powerful way, but he can use all of our stories. Yeah, but, but he did get a movie. So his story. <laughs> and I, I say that in the book. I said, look, if you have a really ordinary story, you'll relate to really ordinary people, which, you know, Lee isn't, right? <laughs> so, yes. But, uh, but, and I say, you know, they're not making movies about my life and probably not about your life. Yet. 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 Yeah. yeah. You're not over yet. Yeah, give them time, right? Give them about a thousand years. But, <laughs> but, you know, I was a church kid that wavered through high school. I mean, it's nothing exciting or dramatic. But there's a whole lot of church kids that wavered through high school or yeah. through some point in their life. And so God will use my ordinary story just as he uses, you know, Lee's extraordinary story and a lot of others. So that's uh, the third one. The fourth one is the uh, reason giving style, which, by the way, is the best of the five styles. I should just mention that. Yes, I can't imagine why we would think that. Um, oh, by the way, this is my style as well. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um all right, maybe it's not the best one, but it is an increasingly important one. Uh, the, we see this in Paul in Acts 17, uh, where he stands on Mars Hill and speaks to the Athenian philosophers and talks about the idol to an unknown God, and then he presents the God they don't know. Beautiful presentation. And he uses reason, and he kind of tells the story in a logical way. And if you look throughout Paul's writings, he talks about how we persuade people, we demolish arguments, uh, and so forth. And God used that approach in Paul. Uh, yes, this is my approach. Jesus used this approach often as well. Jesus used all of them. But uh, it, we need more people that have this approach. And some of our listeners go, okay, I, you know, I, I'm not real good at preaching, or I'm not good at, you know, building fences for people next door, or whatever. But I do like answering questions. I like studying stuff. I like researching. Well, you're probably this style, and we need a whole lot more of us 
who know what we're talking about, you know, First Peter 3.15, not to give an answer to everyone who asks. And again, a little caveat, we all need to do that to some degree. We all need to share our stories to some degree. We all need to serve to some degree. But this is like the main path for some of us, and it is for me. Um, and then finally, number five gets to what is probably the most stereotypical of the styles, but also maybe the most powerful, and that's the truth-telling style. And this is someone who is bold, they're direct, they're often pretty fearless, not always, but they, they get to the point, uh, they, they nudge people who are, you know, fence sitters and, you know, kind of think they're okay with God and they're going, no, you're not okay, you're not neutral, uh, you're either in or out, either you love Jesus or you're against him. You know, these are the people mm -hmm. that really clarify and call people to account and they really bring the gospel there and often are the, you know, closers that actually lead mm -hmm. people to, to Christ. And this is the style I tried to use that summer. Not that all people with this style knock on doors, but most people who knock on doors successfully are this style. Um, and maybe the first one, friendship building as well. Uh, but this is not my style, but it is the one God used to reach me when I was 19, when I was confronted by a friend. And I praise God for him and for this style. And uh, they're all important. Yeah, that's so. So, Mark, uh, uh, the five uh, styles in are friendship building, selfless serving, story sharing, reason giving, and truth telling. Again, that's in Mark's book, Contagious Faith, uh, which, by the way, will be available to Amplify, and Mark will be talking more about those. Mark, um, you know, for some of us who were taught evangelism, we were given very specific models. So that might have been James D. Kennedy's uh, evangelism explosion or the Romans road. And some of us found you know, great success in those, sure. but do you think there's still a place for like those very specific models of evangelism? I, I do. Um, but I think as long as we recognize them for what they are, they're very specific models of evangelism. For instance, an evangelism explosion style plays beautifully to the more direct truth telling kind of person who likes to talk to people that he doesn't know or she doesn't know and get to the point and you know if you were to die tonight you know all those questions I mean that's that's a very direct approach and it fits those people that are style number five and in my thinking and maybe again some of the others maybe style one uh, whereas you know in other situations university campuses boy we need style four uh, the reason given that's why I'm thankful for newer ministries like Ratio Christi that has chapters on university campuses that are all about giving evidence and reasons and answers. Um, so I hope that answered your question. If I could interject something here too, I think one of the keys and part of why I'm so excited about whole churches going through this and, and through the training course that's going to be coming is then you get a whole group of people that all discover their styles and then compare notes and then you start to find out that, you know, well, I'm reason giving, you're story sharing, you're, you're this, you're that. Now we know how to work together. And this will unleash us as a team because most effective evangelism is a team effort. It's usually not just one solo, you know, lone ranger type. So, um, and I have lots of stories about that that I could share, but I think it's powerful when we begin to intentionally partner with other believers to reach my friends and family and then help them reach their friends and family. And we, we become an effective team playing to all of our strengths and kind of 
supplementing where the others are weak. Yeah, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense because um, historically, um, what I've seen is when, and you know, I guess I've been a pastor for 30 plus years, so I'm feeling it. Um, when we had these waves, so I, I, I learned, um, I don't know if I learned Evangelism Explosion like officially, but I definitely did. I mean, you know, I, 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 that's what we use. Sure. And then my denomination created kind of a knockoff of it with, without giving appropriate credit to EE. And so I, I think I trained in that. And it really helped me to know, I mean, I, I sort of had a place I could revert to in a conversation. And I, I you know, I, I felt comfortable. Yeah. So th this Sunday, um, I, I went to church, I, I got canceled preaching somewhere. And so I went to church and I sat in the back row because that's what you do when you're a mature follower of Jesus with, with my daughter. My wife's out of the town. Uh, my other daughters are gone. So it was me and my daughter. And my pastor gets up and he goes through, here's how you share your faith story. Point one, point two, point three, the whole nine yards. And I, I saw that and I, and I was very thankful that we actually did that in church. I think that's important. Yep. But in doing so, it gave people there something to revert to some, a baseline to come back to, some strategy to share. I think that's important. But then the starting place, when I, when I read, when I read uh, I, I'm an endorser on the book, so you'll see that when it comes out. So um, I as, I, as I, well, God, God to do it when it is out. So, um, but when, it, for me, I kind of saw a lot of missiology in your evangelism. In other words, if evangelism is telling people about Jesus, missiology is understanding them before you tell them. Yeah. And it seems to me that you're helping people understand themselves so they can be more effective in sharing with people. And that's, I mean, I loved a lot of things. I, I think we're very excited to have you at Amplify Outreach talking about this. I think the video course, I think the book are gonna make a big deal. Um, but one of the things too, is even in the midst of that, people finding their style, you give cautions about each style. Now we don't have time to go through all the cautions for each of the style, but why cautions if I can just walk in my style and share the gospel? Yeah, because, you know, the, the flip side of every strength is a weakness. And what I try to do is show what are the vulnerabilities. And for instance, the direct, hard-hitting, uh, truth-telling style. Um, the cautions on that, one of them is don't project that onto everyone else. Um, and I think a lot of us have had those experiences. I did in that summer of England, in England, when I'm around some real strong evangelistic leaders, but they're all about direct, like, if you love Jesus, you're going to go with me. We're going to knock on some doors, son, and you'll like it, you know? And, and that was kind of the attitude. <laughs> What's the matter with that? I like that attitude. I will tell you, though, Donna, my wife, would be horrified. And she loves sharing the gospel. And I, I first met her in high school because she like led four or five teenage girls to Christ. Wow. And, and it was awesome. But so I, I had to get to the place where it was okay not to be. But I like to sell things. I'm kind of a, I'm a woo. Is woo, is that the thing? The oh, woo wow. or whatever it could be. Donna, I was horrified all summer. But um, just, yeah. and, and I'm, it's funny because I'm an extrovert. I'm a people person, but I just, right. I don't want to impose on strangers. And, okay. and not that that's what it is, but it felt that way to me. And so sure. going back to the cautions, one of the cautions, and this would, could be for any of them, but it's especially for the truth-telling direct one. And that is don't force your style or impose it on uh, the people in your church or the people you influence as if, if you, you know, if you really love Jesus, you'd do what I do. And by the way, I've been in more apologetics kinds of circles 
And I'm thinking of one church that I know of that's highly apologetic-oriented, and they have the same danger with that one. To kind of make everyone, if you don't love reading Immanuel Kant and, and Pascal and uh, William Lane Craig and so forth, you know, you, you, you may not quite have your I love the fact that William Lane Craig was like with, with Pascal. Pascal. <laughs> maybe, maybe one day. <laughs> but fair enough, fair enough. He's um, better well, than those other guys, but anyway. He's better, yeah. exactly. Well, we like him, so we know him. So that makes, I think, a more of a, a different thing. Um. So one of the things, too, um, that we sometimes struggle with is treating people as projects in, uh, in, in, in any of those approaches, right? So Absolutely. I have friends who are not Christians, and they're just my friends, and I want to share the gospel with them, but they're still my friends. Um, so how do we avoid that, that, that problem, that, that getting in that rut of getting passionate about evangelism and seeing everyone as a project? Yeah, I, I think as believers, we go to two extremes on this. One is I don't want them to be a project, so I'm just going to let it come to me if it ever does. And as we all know, if you don't bring it up, if you're not intentional, it probably won't come up. Uh, at least my experience, I, I've hung out with people for years and years and years. And until I bring it up, you know, they don't bring it up. And when I do, they're open to talking about it. So, um, so you know, sometimes we go to the extreme of I'm going to lay back and just do the friendship part of friendship evangelism. Other people do the other extreme. It's a project. I Boy, I got to get to the point. I'm wasting time just eating pizza here. I got to. And, and, you know, I think it's both of those are dangerous. Right. And what I want to remind believers that being intentional, having a hope of sharing the good news with people is not, it's not like, um, it's not manipulation. It's not deception because we're open about it. I'm a follower of Jesus and I hope someday we can talk about that. And yeah, I, I'm not going to hide that. I'd love you to know Jesus like I do, but I love you anyway. And I want to be your friend and I still like having pizza with you anyway. And uh, so we have more of that attitude, but we don't hide that we've got good news and you know, we're excited about it. We'd love to share it with them. And, you know, I think Jesus did that. He, he said he came to seek and to save that which was lost, namely us. And so he was, you know, he was the most loving person that ever walked the planet, yet he came on a mission to share the good news with us. So I think we're being very Jesus-like when we do that. But I will add, a lot of people in churches need to be told and reminded that, that it's not an either or, it's a both and, to, to love them as friends and to, share, you know, and to accept them as, as, as who they are, but to also share with them who they could become in Christ. Yeah, you know, I, I think for a lot of people, they uh, their faith doesn't become contagious because there's a, a perceived lack of confidence, there's fear, and uh, Mark, I'm just curious, I mean, can you speak to help people understand why they might have those fears with um, with sharing their faith? Because, for instance, I think a lot of people just naturally f are afraid that they might get rejected. Yeah. Uh, they're afraid that they might uh, say something wrong. But that fear is coming from a, a, a certain place, and and, uh, and I wonder, you know, uh, help us unpack that, and maybe w what are some scriptures that might help us to address those fears? Yeah, boy, good questions. Uh, you know, I think one of the biggest fears is that I, I, I'm afraid to bring it up because I don't know what to say. I'm not prepared. I haven't, you know, been equipped and so forth. And I think that's a well-founded fear because a lot of us haven't gotten ready. It's like saying, you know, 
some teams out on the field playing football and, and you know, it's, you're, you're in, you're the quarterback or you're the receiver and you go, well, I don't even know the plays. I don't know. And, and besides that, I haven't ran in, you know, four years. Well, those are well-founded fears. We, we need to do some training. We need to get prepared. And so that's why in the Contagious Faith book, every one of the chapters on the styles has related key skills that I talk about that we can identify and work on. Like I mentioned on the friendship building, how do you initiate relationships with new people? Or what about people you already know? How do you go deeper with them? And I give very practical ideas like the holidays are, are going to be coming up soon. Well, how do you intentionally plan ahead to go deeper with the relatives you're going to be around during the holidays? Well, there's a lot of really good practical ideas. Um, how do you bring up a spiritual conversation? Well, I uh, give some ideas in the book and then in the training course, which is a six week video course for small groups and classes that'll be out by the end of the year. We actually have people in the groups pair up and try it. Like are you're standing outside with the neighbor. It's a beautiful orange sunset. Um, what could you say that would feel natural to you to bring the discussion from a beautiful sunset to the creator? And it's not very hard, but I mean, people hear a few ideas like, oh, I can do that. Yeah, oh, that's good. How do you move from the NFL game to talking about spiritual matters? Well, we practice that. We give some ideas. So I think uh, the, a lot of what helps remove fear is preparation. Uh, I went down to get the mail. I actually was still finishing the book. The story is in the Contagious Faith book, but I went down to get the mail, you know, in my sweats and, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not thinking, I'm thinking about my finishing my book, but the mail lady comes up and I've had periodic conversations with her, but she, she just looks at me. She goes, Hey, Mark, I got a question for you. And I, I I'm going, okay, great. What is it? I'm saying a quick prayer or give me wisdom. She goes, how do you know when you've done enough to be good with God? And I'm thinking I've got 90 seconds to give her an answer because she's on her mail route. And by the way, in the middle of the 90 seconds, she gets a call on her cell phone. I mean, it was very quick hit. And I was glad I had an illustration. You know, I just said, well, how do you know when you've done enough? You really can't. In fact, religion is trying to do enough good things. The Bible says you can never do enough. But here's the good news. Jesus has done it for us. He, you know, died to pay the, you know, he lived the perfect life and died to pay the penalty for our sins. He rose to give us life. And if we trust in what he's done, uh, then, you know, we can know that we're right with God. And she's going, oh, that's good. I'll, I think I'll work harder on that. And I'm going, no, no, no. <laughs> Working harder is like doing more. And she goes, oh, I'll think about it. I got to go. Guess what? She's a Christian already. Uh, not just because of that one conversation. But she has now come to faith, and it's it's multiple quick hits like that, and not just for me. There were other people in her life, but um, the, having little illustrations, having thought these things through, having done some preparation, helps you feel more confident and and kind of overcome that. Great, thanks for sharing that. And, and maybe I could just add a PS to that. You never fully ever eliminate all fear. I think part of why we feel concerned is we want to do it right. We know that the stakes are high. Some of that's natural and you just kind of have to go through it. Uh, and I, I give practical advice on that four parts. I say, you know, say, a, uh, take a deep breath, say a quick prayer, open your mouth and blurt it out. 
Um, you know, there's a point where you go, should I or shouldn't I? Yes, you should. Take a breath. Lord, help me. Here I go. And then you say something. And sometimes what you say, you go, that was dumb. And God uses it anyway. Mark, thanks so much for that. Uh, great reminder for all of us to be prepared. And that helps us to overcome the fear. We've been talking to Mark Middleberg. Be sure to check out his new book, Contagious Faith. Thanks again for listening to the Sessor Church Leaders podcast. You can find more interviews as well as other great content for ministry leaders at churchleaders.com. And don't forget to check out the Amplify Outreach Conference at amplifyoutreach.com. And if you found our conversation helpful today, we'd love for you to take a few moments, go over to iTunes, leave us a review. That'll help other leaders find us more easily. And you can find this podcast as well as other great Christian podcasts on the Faith Play app, available for both Apple and Android. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you in the next episode. You've been listening to the Stetzer Church Leaders Podcast. For more great interviews, as well as articles, videos, and free resources, visit our website at churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening.